This is the Power Your Edge podcast, where we share with you the voices of creatives. You will learn, grow, and laugh with us as we hear from people who are the same as us, their journey, their tools, their gems, and their wisdom, coming together to power your edge. And now, here is your host, Malky Skolnick, founder at The Bold Edge, digital course creator, email marketing magician, app junkie, and systems fanatic. Welcome to another episode of the Power Your Edge podcast. We are excited to have with us Yoel Judowitz, who, well, let me give you a little bit of an introduction to what he is all about. So he has been drawing, writing, and cooking up creative mischief for as long as he can remember. 10 years ago, he opened YJ Studios, an art and illustration studio. Actually, since then, he pivoted, and today he leads a team of ridiculously talented writers, designers, video editors, and content creators at Story Tribe Media, a full-service marketing agency. So welcome, y'all. We are looking forward to hearing your story today. To get started, firstly... Yoel has come from the illustration background. That's how I know of him. And then he metamorphosed into something different. I'm going to hand the mic over to him and he's going to lead us through his journey from where he started off from to what he offers today. Awesome. The question of how did an illustrator evolve into a marketer? Where we're starting from. So that's a good question. Let me give you a little background in general where I'm coming from. And then I think that's going to clarify the journey. So the common denominator here is creativity. So I, I think the way I would put it, I've been like a creative addict going back as far as I could remember. Anything creative related. The art part, which is where this started as an illustrator, my creative journey starts in fourth grade. I had an amazing Rebbe, Rabbi Zucker in South Shore. He created this program where any kid who comes in and does a creative project related to the Gemara wins a prize, wins a raffle. I went all in on it. I spent the entire year just making projects and sketches and things like that. By the end of the year, they actually gave me a shas, which I still have to this day as the prize. And that really concretized in my head that I am an artist and I can be creative. From there, that identity got stronger and stronger going throughout school. I was involved in artistic projects and going to high school, making portraits for friends. So this became an integral part of my identity, being an artist, being a creative in camp. And at some point, I think in high school, I would say for the first time professionally, I actually sold pictures to friends. And then this little light bulb went off in my head that you can get money for doing things that are creative. And that was an interesting insight, something to keep in mind for later in the journey. From there, you know, I, I went through the regular course, I would say the yeshivas, I ended up in Eretz Yisrael in the Mir Yeshiva for quite a while. And I came back here, uh, went to Lakewood and got married. And I was involved in teaching and Kirov professions, also related to creativity in a certain way. Uh, and at some point, I realized I have to start earning. I think that's one of the probably universal inspirations for creatives to actually do something, you know, with their lives is the idea that you actually have to come up with uh, funds to support your family. So I looked at my skill set. I said, I'm pretty good at art. I know how to illustrate. I jumped into digital illustration. I started giving art classes. So I actually gave art classes in year to kids in New Square in Monroe. I was the New Square in Monroe art teacher for a while after getting married when I lived in Muncie. And again, as this is going on, things are progressing organically. I'm learning new programs. I'm, I taught myself Photoshop and Illustrator and all those good things. I started to do digital illustration and slowly began to build up a client base, starting with people who were friends and relatives who needed a job, expanding from there and began to get an a reputation as someone who knows how to do illustration for the Jewish market. That's where things started as an illustrator. I would say that's stage one. From there, 
at a certain point, I realized I need to up my skills. I'm going to take an online digital course. So I attended a course I found online to learn digital illustration on a higher level. And I spent some time learning it. And I realized I'm pretty good at this, but there are people who are a lot better than me. And I'm not the only one who's good at it. So I came up with this idea. At the end of the course, I hired all the best people in the course. And I started an illustration company, YJ Studios. So at that point now, I created an assembly line for illustration. A project would come in, I would do the overall sketch. It would get my creative flair, my creative touch. I had a specific person for line work, another person for color. And I had this assembly line of artists throughout the world, which I still have today as a secondary company. And uh, this way I was able to produce illustration rapidly. Some of the work that I've done that some of your listeners might be familiar with is the Midos Man series, children's series. Uh, which we illustrated. There's a Jewish children's magazine called Spotlight, which we did as well. And I think this is a good point to mention that Chani Judowitz, who's uh, also a great illustrator and is the, uh, the illustrator of Mishpacha magazine of the Kichels, well-known comic, is uh, married to my first cousin. So we're related, but I'm not Chani Judowitz. As some people, I get like my occasional email every other week. No, that's not my pen name. It's actually a real person. And uh, she is a great illustrator. We've worked together on different things in our career and related through marriage. So I like to say that anyone who even marries a Jew gets creative. That's what we take credit for, but I can't directly. So just getting back to the journey, I'm an illustrator. I'm doing art. That company is growing. We're getting clients through marketing agencies, through personal clients, word of mouth. And I wanted to get it to the next level. So I said, I have to start doing some marketing for my illustration company. Where do I go? So I jumped on Facebook, which at that time still existed for people under the age of 90. People were still on it. And I started posting over there a little bit. I started to build up a small community. And I realized I'm pretty good at, at posting online on social media. I know how to attract attention, how to be creative, get people to, to focus and at some point, I heard of LinkedIn as well. Maybe someone on Facebook mentioned it. So I hopped over to LinkedIn. This is probably like three, four years ago already by now, maybe more. So at that point, LinkedIn was just beginning this transition from a company where you put your work resume to a business social media company where you could post videos. I think a couple months after I got on, for the first time, they allowed video. They didn't even allow video at that point. This was like the beginning of the LinkedIn gold rush. So I began posting. There was a small community of firm entrepreneurs on at that point, and someone made a, um, a LinkedIn get together. So just out of fun, I decided I'm going to make a poster, a cartoon to promote this get together. No one hired me for it. I'm just going to do it. So that poster got a lot of attention and I began to transition from illustration for the first time thinking, how can I use illustration for marketing? Not just for children's books, for posters. But could I take my skill set and start using this for a wider audience? Because these are people who have money they want to invest. It's not just someone who needs an advertisement or needs, let's say, a children's book. So I looked for crossover opportunities. The first thing that I thought of was an idea of a marketing illustration. I would do a cartoon for a business as a fun thing they could have in their office. They could send to clients. They could use it for different contexts. So that proved interesting and somewhat popular. I started to do a whole series of that. And as time went on, these two things are happening at the same time. Number one is I'm perfecting my own marketing skills, my own social marketing content skills to promote my business. And I'm starting to get exposed to actual marketing products as opposed to just illustration products. As this transition happened, I'm also discovering a third dynamic, which is that the Jewish from illustration field has a ceiling. There's so much money you can make from it, pretty much. I felt in my head, I pretty much maxed out every possible way to make money from this industry. 
And thank God, I would say I was making significantly more than most illustrators were making because I had a whole assembly line. But there's only so much need in the market at once. And there were a lot of new people coming to the market. There were new courses opening up. So all those factors played together at the same time. I said, you know what? I'm really good at marketing. People love my content. And I'd already had friends who were asking me, can you create content for me? And I started doing that. And the illustration business, I'm getting the feeling is reaching a ceiling and the future I think is going to be even more so. There's a lot of more competition flooding in. I feel like I have a real knack for this. Putting that all together, two years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm opening up a marketing company. I'm going to take the creative skills that I have. This is more, probably close to three years ago. And I'm just going to make this official. So at that point is when I began my company. And then the idea has been repeating the same journey I have with illustration, now repeating it in marketing, building up my team, building up my assembly line, creating this content machine and reaching new clients and building up that business. So that started, like I said, like two to three years ago. Thank God it's been accelerating or building at a very rapid rate, more than I expected. And I would say that's probably the biggest challenge in my business right now is keeping up with that growth. But that's pretty much, I think, you know, to sum it up, how an illustrator became a marketer. It was an organic process. We are like realizing creativity is a wide skill. It can be used in many different contexts. The ability to see something from a whole new angle, the ability to get attention, to find, like when you're doing an illustration, you have to find that little expression on the little kid's face. That's what pulls people in. So understanding those nuances, having an eye for detail, all of that was crossover skills, and, and that's what led me to where I am today. It's interesting because as you were talking, the next question that I was going to ask was, how do you feel that your background in illustration uniquely impacted your current marketing crossover skills, if you want to say like that? And you actually answered that question for me. But I just wanted to highlight that so people that are listening could actually go backwards and have that question answered, because I think that's a very unique kind of point to bring out because sometimes there are people, they have a certain route that they go on. They start off like with marketing and they end up small marketing and then they end up with big marketing. But in your case, you're starting out from illustration, you're going into marketing and it's a different field or it seems so at the surface. So going on from there, I'm curious, have you ever done marketing efforts to your previous illustration clients? So they're actually very different types of clients. I would say in a general sense, no. There was one period where I was doing this crossover and I was trying to come up with ideas to actually make illustration for ad purposes. But my current client base has nothing to do with my previous clients and nothing to do with illustration. It's pure marketing in every sense of the word. Like I said, the common denominator is creativity, but it's a different need. Right now, I'm very focused on content marketing, which means producing content that opens up a company from the inside And it's very video focused. We produce a tremendous amount of video. I have an entire team that produces video. And I could talk to you more about my marketing approach, but relevant to that specific question, there are two different audiences, two different client bases, but the common denominator is creativity, the ability to see things differently. You asked me like, what's the greatest impact of my skill set on marketing? I think it's the ability to come up with creative ideas. So I speak to people in marketing and that very often seems to be the thing that stumps them. Like you could get a beautiful brand, You could have a real polished cinematic video, but it's the core creative idea I find that makes marketing work at the end of the day. And that seems to be in hard supply and that's my key strength. So just the way I made my head, it just generates tremendous amounts of ideas in a very short time period. I find it very interesting because I usually think that if a person is creating a video, 
it just goes hand in hand with creativity. If you're not creative, if you don't have that spark of an idea, the video is a commercial video and that's it. It's something that looks pretty, but is it actually doing the impact or converting people to do what you want them to do? It's not. So what is the point of a video if it does not have that creative idea within it? I'm, I'm just curious. So I think every good piece of marketing needs creative in it, but I find that there's just a lot of cliche and templates that people end up using. So even though someone is officially a videographer, that doesn't mean that they're really able to come up with an original way to depict whatever it is they're trying to get across or to come up with an insightful way to show when you're creating a video, there's two things that are happening. Number one is you have to capture people's attention. That's the first step in marketing. So creative is really big in terms of helping with that problem. How do I put something visually different? How do I find the key moment in the video that's going to capture their attention? And then the secondary part is what's the message I want to get across. And that also, there's a lot of creative impact in that finding the storytelling moments. The name of my company is Story Tribe. And that's the entire angle of what I bring to the table, finding key story moments. That, that's a direct crossover skill from illustration. And also I should mention from writing. So I actually wrote uh, several children's novels, which were published in, in Jewish magazines, which were quite popular. And that's a really good discipline that forces you to understand story. You cut out every extra word. You learn to have a tremendous eye for finding a key moment and recognizing a story when it happens. I think I could give you an example of that in my marketing career. So currently I provide content marketing, mostly for nonprofits. I do a lot of work for the OU and OU related companies and a number of other nonprofit organizations, as well as some business clients. So the question is, you take an example of a nonprofit. How do I open up this nonprofit to the world? How do I show the neshama of the nonprofit? How do I create a tribe around this nonprofit, a fan base that's interested in following their story? So one example I would say is Aldaf. In terms of the marketing and let's say the content marketing. So Aldaf is, it's an app. It's a Dafiemi app, which was put out by the OU and it's proven very popular. They have over 40,000 downloads that we've worked on accumulating over the years. But how do you present an app, uh, an, a Gemara app, a Dafiemi app to the world without saying over and over again, we have a Dafiemi app. That's great. Try it. You know, like how many times can you say that message in different ways? So I found the key is, like I was saying before, is discovering stories and having an eye for stories. So we put out content around Oldaf, around the journey behind Oldaf, and there's a specific person who leads that journey. I'm a big believer in content marketing that it should have a face. Every story needs a hero. You have to hook a story around the human being. It's very hard to sell an abstract brand, but if you connect the brand to a person and people begin to follow that person's journey, you already solve a lot of your problems. So Rabbi Moshe Schwed is the is the executive director of Oldaf, and we strategize in terms of helping create content around him and around his journey. So at some point we got a message, someone on Oldaf staff sent me, there's a kid, his name is Charlie. He, he lives in Teaneck. He's uh, 13 years old and he loves Oldaf. And they sent me a screenshot of the message. So this is a perfect example of where an illustrator's eye comes in, where is a creative person's eye comes in. So as soon as I saw that, I said that this is a tremendous story right here because all my alarms went off. I'm like, this is a cheerable story. This is something that's easy to cheer for. There's a hero here. There's a 13 year old boy. He's doing something unusual. This kid is very articulate. He had the, the guts to send a message directly to this company. And it was really an articulate message. We went all in on that. We hired a video team. We went to his house. We created content showcasing this. And what basically what happened is instead of having a marketing message that said, try the Oldaf app, because it's an amazing app. And this is the 75th time you're hearing this. 
Instead of that, we have entirely different messages, which is jump into the story of the youngest Dafyemi Magadshir in the world, Charlie from Teaneck, New Jersey. And that was wildly popular. And the story went viral on social media, it went viral on Facebook, on LinkedIn. It was on the front page of the Jewish magazines in Teaneck. It got coverage in international, all over the world. People were speaking about this story. And to me, this is a quintessential example of exactly what I'm trying to accomplish with my marketing approach, finding these incredible stories and using them to inform people in a, an educational way, in an inspiring way, in an interesting way. And then on the back end, we are pushing our call to action. Every piece of media in the Charlie's story ends with a call to action, download the app, download the old off app. So that's an example of the type of content marketing that combines creativity. It's, it's painting in a way. In my head, it's, I can't explain it, but I have the same feelings that I have when I'm creating a portrait. I'm, I'm taking colors, I'm putting them together and creating something. So going on from there, you, as you mentioned, you have this assembly line process. How sure. do you manage to give over that painting or that picture you have in your mind in the best possible way? Because I know with creative, sometimes it can get frustrating. You have this idea, you know exactly how it's going to look like. You envision it, but then mm-hmm. you have to give it over to people to put it into action. What have you found that has been helpful for you? It could be tech. It could be different ways of working with people so that they fully understand your vision and they're able to execute it to the best of ability so that it comes out how you want it to come. So that's a great question. And that's a question which is not just a technical question in terms of how do you do that, but it's also a business question because... And the way I look at it, it's like a transition from being a player in orchestra to becoming a conductor to eventually just writing a score and then giving that over. So there's different levels in terms of the relationship you have with your team. I currently, you know, have a team of of people from all over the world. We have close to eight people working. Some are working full-time, some are not, but the majority of them are. We have videographers, we have video editors, graphic designers, project managers, copywriters, And in order to produce the machine that I have, which is same day content, like we get content ideas and we put out a video an hour later, two hours later, it's not a four month process of the way we work. So I have people who are very skilled. And then in response to your question, it's finding that balance. It's finding the right people who I could trust. And to a certain extent, it's letting go because the final product is not going to be exactly my vision to the last brushstroke. It's being able to say, my team understands me over time. They get me, they understand what I'm looking for. We, We get into each other's heads. And and then letting go and letting them have a creative part in the process. So my answer is there is no way to do it perfectly. It's impossible. I couldn't, I can't micromanage the vision, but I could set the tone. I could set the expectations. I could set, they get the angles of what I want to do. And I'm the final say in terms of giving approval, but it's something I actually struggle with. And I think that's part of how, why this question is so great, because then the question becomes, how could you scale your business? In other words, as far back as you go, so before I was a player, I actually played the violin to start off. I had a paintbrush in my hand, or I sat there with the video editor. And then I became a conductor. I have this team around me, and they know the score. They know what I'm looking for. I could take a step back and just write the script. But at some point, there's only so many things you could do in a day. So even if I'm only doing the approvals on it, and I use technology very strongly in this, I use ClickUp specifically, and we're like all in on ClickUp, where we're genius out and click up. You know, I, one of these days, I think I'm going to end up sen- selling the thing that we put together over there. We have a very sophisticated dashboard that I haven't seen anywhere that we put together, but there's tasks coming in and all different types of things happening. And for the, your listeners who don't know, ClickUp is a uh, project management software and it's just life and death. You, you cannot have a company run without something like this. I'm just going to say it straight out. Like I know 
as I'm getting in this industry, I talk to other creatives and other business people, and it just blows my mind because I speak to person after person and they have nothing. I'm like, how do you do it? Because I want to know what are you guys using? And like, we don't use anything. I just go around the office. It's chaos, it's chaos and it's, yeah, it's chaos and it doesn't work. And even with ClickUp in the best of circumstances, it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy to make, to get this machine perfected. And we're getting better and better at it with time. But that's the answer. The answer is having amazing technology that allows everyone on your team to know what's on my list for today, what's highest priority, what's second highest priority, to track every task, to track what's paid and what's not paid, all of it. And then the second part is slowly letting go more and trusting your team and setting the tone. You just go through that transition. Look at the head of uh, Virgin Atlantic, right? Richard, what's his name? Branson or something? Richard, Richard Branson. Branson. Right. I think he started off as a rock star. I think he was in a rock band. It would make sense with his persona. I I wouldn't be surprised. He started off with Virgin Records. So he was in a rock band or something. And I look at it in some ways, he's my model because he started off in a different creative field. He took that energy and all that out of the box thinking, and he put it into a totally different field into making an airline, but it's related. It has that, that rock rebel spirit. Right. And at this point, he's just setting the persona of the company. That's all he's doing. He doesn't actually go through anything on a molecular level. So that's how you scale this eventually. Eventually, it's a brand thing. Eventually, you're just setting the tone of your brand. This is where I always wonder, when does it come to the point, like you said, you become just the conductor or just the person so far removed that does it come to a point that the reason why you went to it in the first place gets removed as well? I know that at the end of the day, a person, of course, they're there, they want to grow their company, more revenue and all that. But then as a creative, there's always that creative energy. And if a person is so far removed and just like pulling the strings and everybody's doing the creative work, how would that make you feel being so far removed from the creative process? So I think that's a great question too. I think there's two angles to that. One angle is to me, the greatest creative satisfaction is having a vision and watching the vision come to life. That's really, to me, what gets me going in terms of creativity. If it's a vision in my head of a painting that becomes a painting, if it's a story that I'm writing, if it's music that I'm composing, whatever it might be. So ultimately, these are the visions. These still are my visions. If this is my company and my company, if they're following my creative directives, we're still creating these creative visions on a large scale and they're still happening. And it's hard for me to imagine a situation where I'm literally totally removed from the company, where I have nothing to do with it. People are doing it and I'm just collecting checks. And maybe for some people (laughs) that is their dream. No, that's what I'm wondering. That's where it goes. That's where it ends. But that wouldn't be for me. I think I'm always going to be involved on on a strong level. And um, I think what happens is as you grow, you, you become the groundbreaker. So your head, your space, is creating new visions, new creative visions, right. seeing new opportunities. So you're at the front of the line and then your company follows along with you. But there's always new creative ground to break. And I love this in marketing because every single day we're learning new things. We're coming up with new angles. And it's not just in terms of, of content. It's very much in terms of distribution as well. That's one thing with the creative business is always new things that come at. And that brings me to my next point is how do you keep on top of trends? Right. So the only way I know to do that is just to be, to be in it. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm checking. I check local newspapers. I, I follow the ad. It's really as simple as that. You just have to be, you have to have your head in it. This is your thing. This is once upon a time, there were magazines for different trades. And if you were into shoemaking, you subscribe to shoemaking magazines. So I keep on top of it that way. I definitely have my posts on it. I, I see what's going on. I'm constantly talking to people. You have to be very curious. You have to have conversations. You can't live in a little bubble, but at this point, I'm so involved with so many people in the industry on the back end that we all are feeding off each other. So it's interesting where 
I went from new age networking on LinkedIn back to old school, where most of my information now is coming from person to person back end. And in a way, I think that's how it happens. Like on a more, not amateur level, but on a beginner's level, you're still out there in the digital world. That's your main source. And I find that once you're in, once you're in on the back end and the scene and people, you're actually getting higher quality information that way. A hundred percent. I found also with my drive to give more information to my students, I find that making those connections, let's say on LinkedIn or other social media platform, Instagram or WhatsApp, it really doesn't matter. It's just making those connections and then having personal connections, being able to talk to them directly and ask them questions and just back and forth bouncing ideas, it just enhances what I'm able to give over and just enhances my creativity. It just makes it so much more inviting and interesting. And I find that digital, the digital world is nice to research information, but if you Mm -hmm. want to know what works in action, what really works, I think that's where the personal connections need to come into the game. Before that, it's just like cold knowledge. And then it becomes something that you could actually implement. And they complement each other. I think both are important. Yes, 100%. So with that being said, are there specific books or something inspirational that you think would help creatives out there with their business? It could be people in design or marketing or business. What has helped you out and what do you think could help them out as well? So are you talking about in terms of how they can market themselves or just in general? Yes. If you're mentioning marketing themselves, everybody always welcomes ideas like that. But also the fact of cold knowledge. How could they gain that as well? Okay, so just uh, some resources. One thing I'll start off with is a quick uh, shameless plug. If you go on my LinkedIn profile, Yoel Judowitz, look it up on LinkedIn, you'll see a uh, article there that I wrote with all my LinkedIn tips over years of working content marketing on social media. It's all there for free. You could check out an article that's there. I think it's, I don't remember the name of it anymore, maybe 99 LinkedIn tips. But if you go to my LinkedIn profile and connect with me, I'm constantly reading books from different people. I think there's an approach to marketing called story i forgot the name of it not story tribe that's my company but story brand story brand right story brand from donald miller so i'm a big fan of that as well story brand is an approach that puts a huge emphasis on clarity in marketing and leading people through a process that gets them to to action i think it's very valuable i highly recommend that book i think it's harder to implement it in social media and content marketing it's more for websites but there's a lot of good stuff you could get from okay so Marty Numier, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name, but Marty, N-E-U, M as in Mary, E-I-E-R. Anything he has ever written, you should get and read many times. That's the best way I could put it. Anything that has come out of this man's head, you should be reading multiple times. I have all his books and I've read tons of books over the years. And most of them, there's a lot of like 80% fluff. Everything that comes out of this guy's head has to, if you're in marketing or you're in anything creative, or even if you just want to understand how creativity and marketing works together for yourself, for your clients, you have to read his books. So I'm, I'll put that out there. And then practically speaking, just I found follow people. What do they say? The best artists steal, good artists copy, better artists steal. See what's working. You don't have to recreate the wheel. Be on LinkedIn for that purpose. See what's happening. Like LinkedIn right now is going wild in terms of polls. And I just want to make it clear. I don't only do LinkedIn content marketing for my clients. I do across the board marketing. It's digital content marketing, but we do a ton of WhatsApp ads, WhatsApp status building, Facebook, LinkedIn, print ads, full campaigns. But just as an illustration, look at LinkedIn over the last month. I'm talking to you now in July, LinkedIn put out a poll feature and they're just going nuts with it. So we're doing a lot of polls now. So keep on top of trends. 
follow people who are successful, get into some of these books like Marty Numier and StoryBrand and, and have conversations with people. I think that's what it comes down to. Okay. So thank you very much for being with us today and sure. leading us through your story, literally. Okay. And we look forward to seeing what you come up with next.